You are listening to the Hodges Huddle, where we discuss all things in the wide world of sports. Here is your KLSU sports team. Welcome into the Hodges Huddle. I'm your host, Andre Champagne, and today I'm joined by Andon Brabham and Nathan Messina. What's going on? Nothing much. Just happy to be on another episode of the Hodges Huddle. That's my my favorite part of the week right here, getting to be on the Hodges Huddle, (laughs) man. It's a great podcast. I love hanging out with you guys. I'm excited to be here. Yeah. Best podcast in the world, I'd say. I think we're up there I think we're, for yeah. sure. Yeah, we don't get the love we deserve, but we, that's, we that's okay. We deserve more love, that's which okay. is up to y'all. Y'all got to click, share, like, subscribe. That's what I'm saying. Tell a friend to tell a friend. The best podcast has come to you with another episode. Yeah. Get your grandma, get your aunt. Uh, your, your nanny. Your cousins. Your, your cousins' cousins. Um, but yeah, they're your right. This, this is a good time of the week. Yeah, I don't know how that works, but... Well, we're going to start off with LSU football. Briefly, just discuss their up- upcoming game against Florida after losing to Alabama by a score of 42-28. LSU gave up 507 total yards, and 250 of those came from Jalen Milrow um, on the game. So let's talk about it. Um, with the LSU depth on defense kind of short in this one, let's, let's talk about the positives. Let's talk about how did you think the freshmen played this game? Yeah, man, I... Considering what what they were kind of thrown into, I thought the freshmen did great, um, especially Toviano and them. I mean, you, you can't have your expectations set too high for them because they are just freshmen. But like, uh, all things considered, they did really well, and they actually had me like not excited, but definitely a lot more positive than I was about like next year's secondary. Yeah, I definitely felt good. I think all of us said that kind of after the game once we had all the emotions had kind of wore off was. You left this game feeling a lot better about your youth. I thought Deshaun Womack played a good game. I thought the freshman in the secondary, especially uh, Toviano, had a had a solid game. They did their job, man, especially in the secondary. They they died a slow death, like I said on here, that they had to. They did that. It was just other things that you couldn't get it done. Yeah, I agree with you guys. I think Deshaun Womack did well at points, um, you know, nights ago. And I thought the freshman corners, like you said, and Toviano and Hughes played really phenomenal despite, you know, the circumstances. I also thought that Parishan played really well. And if you develop these guys uh, this summer, you're going to get better, no doubt. So I think that's kind of where your positivity comes from, you know, and saying, hey, maybe it's not going to be that bad. But we talked a lot about effort in the Sunday show, and these younger guys, they want, they showed they wanted to be out there. And, and those are kind of the only ones that were given the effort consistently compared to those older guys. And so, you know, we're, we're obviously um, – with USC firing their defense coordinator, uh, Matt House kind of on the hot seat right now. So what are some key names that we might have to watch out for if Matt House gets fired down the line? Uh, yeah, I think the popular one is um, Dave Aranda. It feels like he's on the outs at Baylor. They're really struggling. They made the Big 12 championship a couple years ago, and it's all kind of been downhill from there. Um, but if if that doesn't work out, I would look at some guy – Duke's defensive coordinator, whose yeah. name escapes me right now. They've been a top 15 defense yep. uh, this entire year, and they've they've played really good defense. Of course, Mike Elko is kind of the head of that, but mm-hmm. you still have a good defensive coordinator under him to make sure everything's running well. His name escapes me right now, but that would be the name I go yeah. Um, For me, I'd like to see Tony Gibson. I, I know Dave Miranda, like you said, is a really popular choice with LSU fans. I, mean, I don't necessarily think it would be a bad thing. I think it's more just about what one of LSU's biggest problems has always been, and it's just looking backwards. 
this yeah. this program needs to be a program that is looking forwards. You need to just like forget about almost everything from from the past. You need to stop bringing like old names back. Pete Jenkins obviously is a little bit of a that's a different a different of, yeah. story there because of <clears throat> defensive line coach uh, absences and stuff like that. But I just I think this is a program that needs to be moving forward. You don't need to be looking backwards. While I think Dave Aranda still can be a good defensive coordinator, I just don't think he's the right move for LSU right now. I would like to see Tony Gibson from MC State, uh, NC State. Yeah, I like that one. And, and then another one I kind of came across that I could see kind of LSU making a lateral move was that um, Joe Ross, Rossi or Rossi from Minnesota. That guy's been there for a while now. And they've consistently had, you know, some really bad teams, and they've had great defenses with those teams. Yeah. So I think, you know, that kind of shows that this guy, this guy's pretty good. Um, so maybe maybe give him a little interview. Yeah, and the name of the uh, Duke defensive coordinator I just got to hear, Tyler Santucci. Duke is currently the 27th ranked uh, defense in the country. That's ahead of some schools like Texas, Florida State, uh, Minnesota, some schools that we're saying are really good defensively. Duke is ahead of those guys. What's his name? Tyler Santucci. 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 Italian. I like Italian. that. Italian stallion. All right, but for this week in particular, LSU goes on to play Florida, and and Trevor Etienne, uh, that's a guy who's super talented at running the ball, man. And, and so, what does this, what does the approach have to look like on defense this week, especially kind of with a guy that can hurt you, you know, in the passing game and running it? Well, before I address that, the approach should have been to recruit better, because where are all the Etns from? Do y'all know? Jennings, know. Louisiana. Jennings, Louisiana. Recruit better, folks. But, no, he's really special athlete. He's just like his, his brother. I mean, they're both really special athletes with running the ball as well as um, catching the ball out of the backfield. And Graham Mertz really likes to use him as that sort of safety blanket out in the flats and things like that. It's going to be about wrapping up, and it's going to be about filling your run gap, filling up your assignment, and doing what you have to do. Yeah, I mean, we, we saw just how bad the LSU run defense can be this past weekend, um, which is something I, I had warned about. On the tailgate show on Friday, and I got a lot of crazy looks. And I mean, it was more so like quarterback rushing yards, though. It wasn't still like rushing. running, running still backs. rushing, but that's I, I get what you're saying, but it's yeah. still like rushing defense. But, um, yeah, I mean, we saw how bad it can be, and I just think that you're gonna have to really do your best to contain a guy like this. I think you need to have a lot of big guys up front. Um, just you need guys like Mason Smith who you have relied on to be good. Quiet. Actually be good. Cricket. That's where yeah, that's where a lot of the problems come in is, is talent just not being the talent you thought it was. He's regular, bro. Yeah. He's, he is. Yeah. And and I've said it on this podcast before. My cousin, Matt Langrass, you will see this at some point, by the way, because I will send it to you. Is a coach at Vanderbilt Catholic High School, works yes. as a uh, offensive analyst with their football team. He was a coach at Central Lafouche when Mason Smith was at Terrebonne High School, and he told me from Jump Street, Mason Smith is regular. He is not a he is not the special talent that everybody has hyped him up to be. And so far, he's been nothing but right about Mason I'm, Smith. I mean, I think he I think he is I think he was, you know, yeah, before the injuries, and I think he he showed that in so many games as a freshman. But when you get hurt like that, and especially as a big guy, uh, it's it's hard to come back from those and be as explosive. But for for the rush, you know, approach, I, I think LSU needs to focus more on getting home, and and that's been something we preach so much this this year, and it just Every hasn't week. happened. Yeah, it hasn't happened, and, and I think just getting as much pressure on the Florida offensive line as possible 
think LSU is going to have to play man coverage this week and, and uh, send lots of pressure to get to Florida early in the game. Graham Hurts, kind of underrated. Um, he's, he's he's efficient, and he makes some plays, but we need to see stunts, man. We didn't see that against Alabama. We didn't see that you know in prior games. What's so complicated? You have great defensive ends that yeah, can go speed. pick on interior linemen, and you just don't use that. Yeah, it's it's really frustrating. And you and I were sitting there in the stands on Saturday motioning to each other that we need to start running twists right. and yeah. things like that, and we just never saw it. But like you said, Graham Mertz is incredibly talented, and he's starting to play really well. Smart quarterback. Exactly. He's a veteran guy. He's got a lot of reps, and now he's got a lot of SEC reps to go along mm-hmm. with that. He's playing well. He's not the the Graham Mertz that we saw when Florida got drummed by Utah, and we were like, "Oh my God, this Florida yeah. team is awful." He's not that guy. He's he's growing into his game. He's growing into the system, and he's becoming a really dangerous piece for Florida. Yeah. And so, I mean, with Jaden Daniels likely out uh, for Saturday, I mean, is this? I mean, we he, it's unknown for now, but a, a concussion like last week's is is pretty hard. Um, to go out and play. I mean, you saw Brock Purdy go out and play, and he was the first quarterback to do that in a while, for just a week. But, I mean, in this game, if Garrett Nussmeyer leads the offense, it's, if like I said, if he has to go out and play, what does he have to go out and do for LSU he's to win? He's just got to be efficient. He's got to take care of the ball, which is two things that he hasn't shown that he's been able to do. I understand his limited reps, and he's been thrown into games as sort of a relief pitcher. But at the end of the day, he's still got a turnover problem, and he's still got an accuracy problem, and he's still got an efficiency problem. Mm-hmm. So he's going to have to minimize those things. He's not going to be able to get rid of him in a week, but he's going to have to do everything he can right. to minimize him for LSU to have a shot to win this game. Yeah, I mean, he's just he's got to be smart with the ball. Um, don't try and force plays like he likes like he likes to do. Um, that's kind of a big problem with him. But I I have I still have faith in us. I know a lot of people are kind of dumping on him. After he got thrown into the the depths yeah. of hell against Alabama, um, yeah, not I, ideal. Yeah, it's just not a a fair shot for the kid um, to accurately judge him off of. Yeah, and I don't. I'm not ready to say he still has all these problems that you saw in that game because anybody's gonna have problems getting thrown into that situation. You basically, yeah, you, you're already losing. You tell this kid, all right, go out there and win this game. Yeah, I think. Yeah, I agree with you. I mean, I think Nuss has to. I think he has to attack, and by that I mean I think he has to go out and three throw the deep ball and with the one-on-one matchups. That's his game, man. Um, do what what you like, you know, what feels comfortable to you, but still find a way to protect the ball, and that's something like you said, and he struggled to do. Um, and like I said, we we know he has an issue with interceptions, but maybe he'll be able to kind of be accurate downfield more than what from what we saw in that time against Bama because. Look, we're going to be able to game plan for this now if Jaden is going to be gone. And I think that if he can just kind of throw it up for guys like Brian Thomas and Malik Neighbors and be somewhat accurate, LSU is going to have a big day on offense. This floor defense is bad. So moving on to the NFL, we're going to discuss the New Orleans Saints as they picked up their second straight win, uh, this time against the Chicago Bears led by rookie quarterback Tyson Bagent. What differences did you see from that Saints defense in the second half compared to these last few games where they were just kind of slower? I, th- I think it was just coming back into form. I think the Saints were really out of form and kind of in a slump defensively. That I wasn't pounding alarm bells when the defense was struggling the way it was. It, it really didn't give me much cause for concern. Um, but if yeah. you, if I have to pinpoint some, I thought the defensive line did a much better yeah. job. Brian Brzee had another great day. He's looked really good so far. 
Carl Granderson continues to be worth every penny that he's been paid for my money. He's actually been the Saints' best player so far this season. On either side of the ball. On both yeah. he's on been, all three he's phases been, of the ball. He's been outstanding. Yeah. All pro levels uh, of production out of Carl Granderson. Yeah. I just thought they did a better job, especially in the run game, which is something that we've kind of struggled with a little bit this yeah, year. When, I thought they did a really good job against the run, kind of holding down. Yeah, I mean, it's it's the Saints, have, especially the last three weeks, they've been struggling in the first half for whatever reason. I don't know why, but you do have to give credit to Dennis Allen for going in and making these these halftime adjustments because um, they have been really good in the second half. You saw five total turnovers from his defense. Mm-hmm. Um, All in the second half, right? I think so. Two were in the first yeah, half. Yeah, two were in the first half. Oh. Adebo, uh Got the pick and then forced the fumble and recovered. Yeah. By the way, have a day, Paulson and Debo. Huh? Yeah. Yeah, I love what I'm seeing from him. But um, yeah, I I think in in the second half they stepped up, and part of that is is because of Dennis Allen's adjustments. And I'm still I'm not sold on him as a head coach. Um, I don't think I ever will be. But he's a great defensive coordinator, and I wish we would have just kept him there and never promoted yeah. him in the first place. But you know. Yeah, I agree. Hindsight 2020, it is what it is. Yeah, I thought the Saints did a great job of finally getting pressure to the quarterback, and it's something they kind of struggled with those past few weeks. Like Andon said, with those struggles, it was kind of with pressure problems, it just comes more problems. Um, it's harder for the corners to go out and do their best at covering and be physical. Uh, and and you saw the pressure force Bajant to kind of throw those un, those uncomfortable throws and lead to interceptions. Um, but as far as the offense, do you think the Saints just aren't executing in some occasions? Yeah, it just it, – it, just kind of felt off again, which yeah. is kind of how it's felt all year. Not it's, horrible. It's definitely been better. Yeah. But it, it wasn't great. You know, you'd like to see some different things. But honestly, it was so bad earlier this year that when you score 24 points in a game and you win, I kind of back off a little bit just because of how dreadful. You scored six points against Tampa Bay – or nine points, excuse me. You scored 17 against Green Bay – 16 against Tennessee. Like, it's just yeah. – as bad as it's been, I'll take positive. It's improving. Right yeah, it's improving. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I am said this earlier. I'm just big on don't apologize for how you win in the NFL. Exactly. It's it's as hard to do as it is already. Like, if you win – a win's a win. It's not like college football where there's good wins and Foul bad wins. Yeah, yeah, like, a win's a win. There are things to improve, and that's fine to point out. But I'm not going to sit here and say I'm disappointed – in a win in the National Football League. Yeah, I, I mean, I think there's a lot of things that haven't allowed the Saints to flourish on offense. I think it starts with the simple stuff, man. Like throwing off the right block in the flats, and then also just the simple drops, man. We've seen a lot of yeah. drops from Alave. We've seen some drops from Michael Thomas. And, and that's characteristic. It, it's 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 a little weird, right? Uh, and that kills, you know, that kills – like I guess drives and the little things that kind of have to be fixed and I also think that Carr has to kind of be able to extend his play outside of the pocket in some cases and look I know that's not his game Did it a but, couple times this week but look yeah use it to he has so much speed he's he's so fast and I think you have to kind of use that to your advantage in some cases but do you kind of see the offense keeping up with the scoring that they, they've been way better right I think they can and here's why Here's your remaining schedule, and I know we'll get into this a little bit later, too. We can just talk about it now. You can yeah, yeah. let's go ahead and get into it. Like here, Here's the remaining schedule of the Saints, and this kind of be a two-part question. How, can the offense keep it up, and what do we think about them for the rest of the year? 
at Minnesota, at Atlanta, home against Detroit, Carolina, New York Giants, at L.A. Rams, at Tampa Bay, home against Atlanta to finish out the year. I d- I'm looking at these offenses. Only one of them really puts any fear in me. I think if this Saints team can score 25 to 28 points every game, they can very easily win all of these games with the way that the defense plays. I try not to feel very confident about the Saints very often. Yeah, I'm... But it's hard not to right now, especially with the remaining schedule and some of the quarterbacks that are going to be coming up on this schedule right. as well. That's a, that's a good point. Yeah, I'm not. I'm just not super sold yet. Um, you can talk about how good the offense has been lately, and it's it's been better, but it still hasn't been good. And you like you talk about how we've we've started to score more points recently, and I think Carmichael has definitely improved on some play calling. And as yeah. as much crap as I gave him early in the season, I'm more than willing to give him credit. He's improved. Yeah. But you've played teams. The the teams you played in the last couple weeks are the Bears. The Colts. Colts aren't horrible. You play the Jags and you put up twenty four on them, but their defense isn't exactly their strong point. Um, you lost to the Tex, or so yeah, lost to the Texans and put up thirteen on them. Yeah, but that's who you're playing for the rest of the year. You're yeah. not playing any more good. You play one good team the rest of the year. Yeah, you play the Lions. It, you play Detroit. Yeah, I that's guess it. I guess <sighs> as so sure the rest of the season they can be solid against bad teams, but what like what does that mean? It'll be like the Giants you know? last year. But I think that yeah. this team is good enough to win games in the playoffs if they play their best football. I think so. It's just the inconsistency that hasn't really shown them to be that kind of I, I saw playoff right team now. right now. But we're like real quick. Sorry, to interrupt. I think yeah. we're we're like projected. I think if the season were to end today or something, we would and be four seed at home against Seattle. And I I do think you can beat Seattle. I think Seattle is really it's a tough matchup, match but I think you could beat them. Yeah. Um. I agree. But I just like, I and at know. that point, you're one win away from going to an NFC Championship game. Yeah, I don't think you get any farther than that. <laughs> Why not? Look, look, you put the execution. You like put I said, the offense get that played against the Colts, who put up 38 points, car through for three. I will say Sheed this: had a big day. The Saints should have scored way more than 24 this week, and that comes with them going for it on fourth down in their own territory, like in the red zone twice. So, And also running I'll, a I'll QB sneak on fourth and one with Derek Carr when you have yeah. Taysom Hill on the sideline. Yeah. <laughs> Kamara had he, – he, he was on the field for like 48% of the snaps, I believe, which is the lowest in his career. Like, dude, there's just so many things you look at where it's like, why like, why is this happening? I was yeah. kind of fine with it, though, because Jamal Williams played well. Yeah, but, I was about to say that. Like, sure, but still, he's you just tell me – Alvin Kamara's not going to play better than Jamal Williams. I mean, he's he's one of your best. He's probably your best weapon on offense. If we're being honest, um, I, he's top two. Taysom Hill, Michael Thomas. Taysom Hill's good in certain scenarios. Taysom Hill's depends, good in every depends scenario. How you, depends how obviously. you use him. But yeah. it's it's. I mean, but regardless, Alvin uh, Kamara is one of your weeks. best weapons. Yeah. yeah. So I think you have to have him more involved. They're just. It's like sure you got the win, and like I said, a win's a win. I'm not complaining about the win, but there are problems with this offense that I think are going to become bigger problems and prevent wins down the line, like we've seen them already this season. Yeah, I expect the Saints to kind of open up their run game a little more. Like you said, they didn't really use Kamara a lot these, this last week. I guess that's a matchup thing. Uh, I'm not going to complain too about ba- too much about it. Taysom was doing fine, so I mean, why not keep feeding him? But um, I, I think Jamal Williams and Kamara are going to finally kind of work more as a unit uh, over these next two. Jamal Williams had 12 three. yards, by the way. I think they're, they're going to have 
was good in the past game, though. And he had some very good blocks. Yeah. Like, Jamal Williams is a great blocker and gets no credit for it. He had two receptions for six yards. It'll be okay. But we're going to talk about LSU women's basketball now, who is just absolutely loaded. Although, they opened up their season yesterday at the time of recording um, against Colorado, and they got humbled. Uh, they lost by a score of 92-78. to But we're not going to talk about last night. We're going to talk about, you know, this upcoming season and how much of a depth difference do we see from this year's team compared to last it's definitely a lot better there were points last year where you were only playing seven girls and now you can play 10 and feel very comfortable about where you're at uh, I think the depth is this team's strong point especially the the ability to shoot off the bench as well mm-hmm. yeah even my mom was was talking about how the the depth on this team is so much different even her it's noticeable I mean you have guys or sorry girls I guess like like Poa coming off the bench like so much, the they can out. shoot the lights out coming off the bench even earlier, and you've got more behind the, behind her. I, the depth is not a problem for this team. Yeah, I agree with both of you guys. I think within the off season, everyone, including all the bench pieces, kind of took a step forward in their game. And then you have so many players on this team that could realistically look start for another SEC team. Um, and the depth this year, I think it's going to help down the stretch of long games where maybe those star players can't get it done. And I think that also just allows her players just to play their role really well uh, on a team that whether that may be defense rebounding you know shooting whatever that case might be so with the transfer of um, transfers of Haley Van Lith and Anissa Morrow talk about what they bring to the table oh go ahead it's just a veteran presence it's an ability to take the ball and score the ball Uh, it, it, it was two big pickups that according to everybody around Angel Reese wanted Everybody around the program wanted. They are not afraid to bring in the stars. The current players on the team aren't aren't afraid to play with stars, and that's what it is. It's an ability, just a raw talent to be able to score the ball, and that's what both of them bring. Yeah, obviously the scoring is a huge benefit. I think they bring a lot of versatility to this team too. Um, You saw a lot of a lot of a couple of bad things from Haley Van Lith on on Monday night. It's yeah, a lot of a laziness. Lot of laziness. A lot of it was passing. Her yeah. passes were god awful. That comes with laziness. Yeah. yeah. But that's what I'm saying. Her her passes were just bad. Um and I think part of that is Kim Mulkey, she even said this in one of the presses before the year, Haley Van Lith has never had to be a true point guard before in her career. And that's kind of what Kim Mulkey is trying to teach her how to play. And I so I do think you're gonna see that kind of improve. Yeah. I agree with you. Um and then I think she's just a scoring machine, man. Yeah. Uh, Haley Van Lith, no she can hurt that. you in the paint. She can hurt you outside the arc. And then most importantly, hurt you mid-range. Um, and I think a lot of people also sleep on how good her defense is. Uh, last night that didn't really show, but it's going to get better. It's going to get better. Last night too. Yeah, and then you have a player like Anissa uh, Mora who's just suffocating on the defensive end. She can rebound like crazy. Um, her and Angel on the board together down the line, it's going to be nightmares for teams, especially on the offensive side of the boards. Uh, she can also just shoot in the post or around the perimeter. And having her on the team, it's going to open up the offense for this team. So which player are you most excited to watch on this team for this year? Probably Haley because I'm, I'm excited. She, like you said, she's an absolute scoring machine. Yeah. But I'm excited to see how she improves throughout the season with things like passing and stuff like that and how she can evolve more into that true point guard role. <laughs> that is something that I'm really excited to watch. Yeah, what do you? What about you, Anna? This is an answer that I had not considered until after the game yeah. last night. Mine's going to be freshman Michaela Williams. Yeah, no doubt. Dropped 17 last night, shot 8 of 16 from the field, four boards, just 
felt like every time she got a hold of the ball, something good was going to happen mm-hmm. on a night where it didn't where feel like it was go going right to happen yeah. for LSU. Michaela Williams made a lot of things go right for him. Yeah, I agree with you. And uh, I'm actually going to say, I'm going to say Anissa uh, Morrow, just because I think she's all around your best player. I think, I think she can do it all. She can score. She can play defense. She has great vision on the court and she's going to make everyone around her better. And, and so I'm most excited to kind of watch that with the, you know, the lineups that they bring and see how good she makes other people look. But what's your predictions for the season? Just like ceiling, maybe. I think they're going to make another deep run. I think the absolute ceiling is back-to-back national championships. I think yeah. this team has the talent to achieve that. I'm going to predict Elite Eight, Final Four. I'm not going to say that they're going to go yeah. out and win the national championship. It's hard um, to do. But I, it is very hard, <laughs> and they're going to have to learn how to play together again. They're also going to learn how have to learn how to play defense. Yeah. Because Angel Slow. Reese isn't a center. She's a power forward. Yeah. She's going to have to learn how to be big and, and be a big defensively. Exactly. So I'm going to say Elite Eight, Final Four, but this team can can achieve anything they want to. Yeah. I'm going to say repeat national champions. I, I think a lot of people aren't ready to after the other night, but I think the way I see this team going is is throughout the season just get better and better and better. They're, they're a team that doesn't know how to play with each other yet because they're just not used to each other. Yeah. I think throughout the season they're going to just evolve and turn into like an absolute juggernaut by the time that the tournament rolls around, and I think they're going to blow through it and win another one. Yeah, I'm going to say this team at least makes an elite eight uh, just to just to be safe. Um, but I think it's going to take them to get hot like they did last year to two peat, and and I think they like we said it's so early, man. It's so early to kind of figure this out, but they've got a lot of stuff to do. Like you said, you got to learn how to play defense. This team is slow. Too. really slow in transition which is something that i didn't expect, expect because i went and covered the open gym i watched them practice and i texted y'all and said this team looks really quick yeah now it may have just been they i were think colorado's a really good ball team too, oh yeah, so. i agree they, that. they should have been way higher than 20 I, to start yeah. the absolutely season. agree with that it may have been because they were in las vegas the travel got to them a little bit Maybe. they just came out slow and flat it, that could be it, but yeah, you. I mean, you look at the scrimmages. Obviously, that they, they look. Obviously, you're playing different comp. Yeah. But I think <laughs> playing that comp might have hurt you. Uh, I think that maybe got you too comfortable or something like that. Maybe made you think something. Hey, we can take it easier than we expected. But we're gonna shift towards the LSU men's team now. Uh, after finishing last in the SEC last year. Matt McMahon hit the portal hard and has added many transfers. So after watching, you know, the scrimmage and the first game last night, do you think that LSU has a shot to go out and just be competitive, man, against good teams that they lost to by a lot last year? Yeah, I feel good. I really do. Um, I was impressed by the performance, won 102-60 to against Mississippi Valley State last night. Um, I, I I feel really good about how they played. I feel really good about some of the talent on this roster. Mm-hmm. I think that last year wasn't – indicative of what Mac McMahon's vision is for yes, LSU basketball. I, he, I think that that was a get-me-over year. Just let's deal yeah. with all the departures. Let's deal with all the sanctions. Let's get everything yes. out the way, and then let me build my program. And right. I think we're starting to see that now. I think this team will be a lot better this year. I agree. Yeah, I agree. Um, I think we can be a lot more than just flat-out competitive. I'm, like, really excited to watch this team. They. Dude, they had me feeling all the way back, bro. I was like excited. Yeah. Um. Yeah. I I think they're gonna beat a couple of good teams this year. Mm-hmm. They'll they'll obviously lose a few. Like it's it's still a new team, but right. They're gonna be really 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 exciting to watch. Yeah, and I think Andy makes a really good point. I think 
people don't realize how hard it is to just build a program from what Will Wade left from with, scratch, like, you know, because I mean, it's kind of like the same thing with Brian Kelly and what Ed Orgeron did, but this is, I think it's even worse when you look at it. I mean, this team was left with nothing, man, no talent, nothing. He had to bring his entire Murray State guys over with who only had really one year of eligibility, and you had to go out and just play with that on a nightly basis. That's hard to do, man. You just had to figure it out. Yeah, you had to figure it out against SEC teams, man. That's that's incredibly hard to do. And I think I think this team's going to be so different after watching. I think Matt McMahon went out and got some pieces to fill with, uh, you know, some losses to the portal. But I think these guys are going to be more physical, and I think they're going to be able to score really well this year. I think that's something I, I saw. I think this team's going to be able to really score. I think the defense is going to actually be the problem. And that was actually – it was opposite last year. Uh, yeah. And so I, I think they're going to be able to keep up with the big dogs in the SEC in games, and sometimes they pull off an upset or two. But uh, with the addition of center Will Baker, how big is this for LSU to finally have a true center, I would say, since Nas Reed? Dude, I talked about you go w- ahead, Will Baker is exactly what LSU needed, bro. We needed a cold white dude to come in here <laughs> and set this program straight, bro. I'm telling <laughs> like you. Keith Horns. Yes, yeah. dude. Best guy we've had since him, bro. He's, I'm, I'm so excited to watch Will Baker, man. I mean, 29 points. I didn't even expect that out of one him. One miss, like, by the way. One miss. Yeah, one miss. To 29 points on... 11, How many minutes did he play? 11 shots. Minutes. There you go. Miss. There you go. 19 minutes. 19 he played minutes. a half of basketball, ladies and gentlemen. Good Yeah, it's, I'm, I'm so excited to watch I this dude, bro. have raved about Will Baker since I saw him play in the open gym. I told y'all about Will Baker. Y'all already knew, we but knew, I still yeah. texted y'all, hey, Will Baker's going to be a problem yeah. for some yeah. teams who aren't ready for him. And I've said all offseason this year, Teams are going to come to the PMAC. They're going to be slow. They're not going to be ready to play LSU. And Will Baker's going to go out and drop 35 on them, and then they go look up and lose. <laughs> yep. I, He's I agree. that yeah. good, dude. Yeah. He, re- he really is. He could score the ball yeah. at all three levels. He's a better athlete than I gave him credit for at mm-hmm. the start of the year. He had a he had a dunk last night that made me go, whoa. Yeah, sneaky, sneaky athleticism. Whoa. Yeah, I agree. This kid can straight up score the ball, man. And, and his height – it's everything that LSU needed, and he's just so smart, such a smart player. He can pass it out in double teams. That's something LSU centers, I cannot say enough. They have struggled so bad to do that, and this is a team where when they're going to go out and double him in the post, this LSU team can shoot it, man. I, I've seen so many improvements with Mwani Wilkinson, with um, Carlos Stewart. These guys can shoot. And that's something um, that's something they couldn't do last year. Yeah. But, yeah, I mean, like I said, if he continues to improve his rebounding, that's one thing that he was kind of struggling with. This team's going to benefit from it. Yeah, usually. like I said, he's sneaky. He's got that sneaky athleticism, <laughs> man. He's smart. You were sitting Dude, on that he's, one, huh? he's He's got that real, like, lunch pail work ethic to it, man, that you just love to see. <laughs> what does that even mean? <laughs> just, it's, it's exactly what I said. Lunch pail. Yeah, like... Yeah. He's, he's got oh, yeah. he's bootstraps, a, he's a hard man. worker, yeah, pulls when, himself up by the bootstraps. He's a real blue-collar yeah, guy. Yeah, exactly. And in the in the presser last night, I th- I just want to talk about it. It was pretty funny. He he said um, uh, Jordan Wright was just talking about how great he is, and he's just, like, staring at him. You know, he's, like, staring at him with love eyes. And he's like, thanks, bro. And he's just a really, like, soft-spoken kid, and I just love that about him. But who are some transfers other than Will Baker maybe that you think are going to perform well? I'm gonna go six foot nine Kentucky transfer Damian Collins. I think that he is him and Will Baker 
are probably the best big man duo that LSU has had since Cavell, Bigby Williams, and Nas Reed. Yeah, um, <laughs> that's actually how I would like compare it. Yeah, I I think because Damian is like is much Cavell. more like yeah. Cavell than uh, not as big as Cavell was. Cavell was a legit seven footer, but um, yeah. Colin's only six foot nine, but he still he plays a lot bigger than that. I was really impressed with him. I think he's a phenomenal athlete. Athlete. I remember seeing him during the open gym, man, and he is just so impressive. They said that they had to set new benchmarks on uh LSU does their own like combine for all the players before yeah. the season starts. Matt McMahon said in his opening press conference mm-hmm. that they had to set new marks for the for the uh vertical jump because of Damian Collins. I'm a big yeah. fan of him. I'm a big fan of his work ethic as well. He's he's a good leader in the locker room. And I think he's going like to be the one to watch. Yeah, well, who are you going with? I was going to go with Jordan Wright. Yeah, um, same. Yeah, he was probably your second best player the other night. Um, he was he was really good. He had second highest points on the team behind Will Baker. Yeah. Um, he came in from Vandy. I'm really excited. Solid man. Yeah, he's, he's just a solid he's a good player. player. Yeah. He's just a good player. Man. He's a like, winner, man. And he, he might not be an NBA player, but this is a guy that's going to go out and be one of the best college basketball players, and I firmly yeah. believe that. Uh, you saw it from Vanderbilt. Vanderbilt wasn't a great team last year, but, uh, I mean, they actually were, but it was because of guys like Jordan Wright. But I think with a team that you don't know how good your defense is going to be, Jordan Wright. Jordan Wright is excellent and has that great basketball IQ. He's explosive on transition defense, and he's going to help you get buckets when you need one. I think there's. I think this guy is actually going to be like probably – the best transfer um, in terms of just kind of like being there every night. But uh, what's the ceiling for this team, in your opinion? They can make the NIT pretty comfortably. Oh, wow. I, I, I think that, like I said, this team is going to beat some good teams this year that, that are unprepared, that aren't yeah. ready for the physical challenge that they're going to provide because that's what Matt McMahon's all about. He's all about energy. He's all about effort. He's all about execution. Mm-hmm. And I really – value all those things out of a basketball team. I think those are the things that win you games. So I think that this team can make – I'm not saying they're going to host any games. I'm not saying they're going to make a deep run, but I think they can make the NIT. Yeah, yeah, I, I agree with you. I think NIT is, is a very realistic vision for this team. Um, yeah. Which – and a lot of people are like, oh, like shooting for the NIT. Like that's – what are you talking about? Considering like, where you were. Considering where you were yeah. last year, we won how many SEC games? Two. Two. We went. Like I, I remember two. we went the entire month of January without winning a single game. Two and fourteen. Yeah. Um, man. Yeah. I. I'm very excited. I'm more than happy to make the NIT. Yeah. Uh, I think. I think you guys are selling this team short, man. With what I saw, I, like I said, I know it's the first game, but I think this team is on the come up, man. And I think that they could be at best, uh, you know, one of those last teams in. I think they could be like one of those eight nine seeds that that go out and play on the one of the first nights. I, I can and, and see I think that they too. could sneak in just because look at the teams you go and play. You have a lot of quad one uh, opportunities. A lot of opportunities. You play yeah. Kansas State at home. You play Texas um, play at Texas a neutral State site twice. You, you play, play Alabama yeah. twice, and you play um, Syracuse early in the season. You Kentucky. play a lot of quad one teams. So I think you're going to go out and win one or two of those games that you're not supposed to, yeah. and, and that's going to shoot your net up. That's yeah, going to shoot that up. The big thing is going to be beating the teams that you think you should beat. Yeah, that you need to beat. How yeah, many games, sure. around you think they'll win this year? Uh, this is my next question for you. I'm going to yeah. say I'm going to say 17, 18. I like I said, I think this team's going to really surprise us. People are selling Matt McMahon short. Man, this guy won a lot of games at Murray State with people that you know he built together, and I think. That's something that's his first small step here. So, yeah, I was, you know, I was going to say less than that. I was going to say NIT range, but 
Andres Andres got me excited here. I think I'm gonna yeah. say closer to, to 20 games. I'm gonna say 20. I think 20. I think it's. Yeah, I think we're gonna go I th- undefeated. I think. Okay. Yeah, oh why god. Why not? <laughs> why not? Uh, 20 games. I feel like it's realistic. I'm gonna say. But 20. I'm gonna I'm gonna go smaller. Than I'm that. surprised you didn't you didn't think 20. I did yeah, put 20. We would be the lowest. I put 20 actually. Go, uh, I watched you change your notes, so I'm messing. <laughs> I'm, I'm gonna go. Uh, I'm gonna go around 15 or 16. Okay, that's fair. I, I think that that's a fair, realistic number. You, you win some games in the SEC that maybe you're not supposed to win, but you you make the NIT pretty comfortably, and you feel pretty good about yourself. Yeah, I agree. But now it is time for the poo poo Broussard. Oh yeah, yes, buddy. And this weekly, this weekly award is given to the worst performance of the week, whether In that's anything. a team, yeah, anything. It doesn't even have to be fan base sports. Uh, apparently, it doesn't have to be sports after what we did last week. Like, because last week I said Halloween. Would, yep. Did you hear it? Nate? I did not. Who was your poo poo Bruce? I gave week? it to people who don't give out candy on Halloween. They I like that. Almonds, that. That's valid. Pencils, stuff like that. I like. I it. gave my yeah. poo poo Bruce to them. Yeah. Okay. Right, who wants so, to go first? I, I got the easiest one, so I'll, I'll go. I'll, I'll go. No, you go ahead. I, I, I mean, mine's boring. So, I, I'm straight up, guys. I'm sorry. It's going to be repetitive. I'm going Madhouse. Dude, really? I mean, like, you're going to get fired if you don't stop this nonsense. It's it's like the video. It's that's What I feel like doing right now is the video of him up in the, in the defensive coordinator box. Yeah, buddy. How do you think we felt? <laughs> um, like, bro. Like, yeah. I, I made a tweet. I was like, all he had to do was check Twitter. I spent money on that know. trip to watch you. Come up with that master. <laughs> you poo pooed the disaster class. class. Disaster, disaster class. class. Yeah, the, that yeah, I, enough said. I like giving the poo poo Broussard to teams that I dislike. It makes my makes my heart happy. I'm gonna go with the Atlanta Falcons this week. Uh, Love it. The the starting quarterback for the Minnesota Vikings it was trash. Dude, uh, Jaron Hall got hurt, got injured through this game. Josh Dobbs come in, who who they just traded for. Hadn't had a rep of practice all week. Didn't even the know the snap. Only, the only thing he knew about the offense was this week's install for the Falcons game, and that was it. He told he told the coach, I can do everything in the install. I can't do anything else. <laughs> Atlanta is up in this game halfway through the third quarter, uh, 21 to 13, and they just made the Vikings go three and out. Here is how the Falcons finish the game. Fumble, interception, punt, touchdown, end of game. <laughs> they lost 31 to 28 to a guy that had only been there for two days. He was literally had no dude, practice. He reps. was literally practicing his like his, his timing. Yeah, his, yeah. With the center not on the sideline. That's how that's not so funny. Did they lose? Josh Dobbs went 20 of 30 for 158 and two TDs. The guy went off. Yeah. Josh Dobbs. No, but like you. shout out to Josh Dobbs. No, I think dude, he's so absolutely good. Absolutely shot. This is much less me hating on the Falcons and more me giving some love to Josh Dobbs. The dude, guy deserves it. It turned me into such a huge Jobs, Josh Dobbs. I, I was Falcons, already a fan. Yeah. Man. The Falcons to piss down their leg the way they did. <laughs> like they dude, they had the game. They were playing a guy I mean, who had that's only been a, there for two days. We've seen that a couple times before. Hey, you know how many points they had? 28. 28. Something about those 28— They lose lose 31-28 to to the Vikings. The Vikings are now above 500, and the Falcons have handed first place back to the New Orleans Saints. Arthur Smith and your stupid mustache, you are the (laughs) Pooper Bruce Sauter League. Did you see the guy? Dude, I love Josh Dobbs now, especially. I already liked him, kind of like you said, but now I'm like huge Josh Dobbs fan. Now I'm like an enthusiast. Did you see the guy? He was a Vikings fan. 
he was like, this is Josh Dobbs' team now, and shaved his, he <laughs> no, shaved his he, head hey. off, and shaved his <laughs> eyebrows yeah. off, bro. He was, uh, yeah. I mean, he, I think he was, a, he was a ginger, so you couldn't really see his facial yeah. hair. Or he, he was a blonde, sorry. You know, he was ginger, and you couldn't see his eyebrows anyway. Yeah, you anyway, couldn't see it but, anyway, but it was but like, he, went, that he went and shaved them off. And like, like that's what that's the effect this man has had. Justin on, Jefferson on NFL might fans. not actually hold out, and he actually might go and play next he's week. He's not yeah. supposed to play this week. They haven't activated him yet. All yeah. signs say he's not going to play against the Saints this week. Okay, interesting. Nice to say, nice to hear that. Good, Marsh- good news. Yes. Good news good if you're Marshawn Lattimore. All right, is it my turn? Yeah, it, it is. is your turn. I'm going to go with the Milwaukee Brewers. We're going to throw a little baseball in here. Ooh, um, a curveball. Me and Ann, me and Ann, and pretty excited about this one as resident Cubs fans in the house. But Craig Council is now the new manager of the Chicago Cubs. Uh, one of the best managers in Major League Baseball. Yep. Uh, just totally abandoned the Brewers. Um, which, oh, what if two? Yeah. I, like, why Why the would you want to stay The part of it, though, is the Cubs were never even in the discussion. Yeah, they kept it so He was either going to so go quiet. back to Milwaukee or, or they were talking about him being the Mets manager. And he pops up. I'm so happy. I saw happy. Mets and I saw Cleveland. Cubs. He was also apparently tied to the Astros a little bit. So we beat out the Astros. Coming to the Cubs. And I'm, I'm we're about to drop a bag in the offseason. The, yeah. the Cubs are about to open up the wallet. They're about to start making it rain. Oh, like yeah. we in the club on on the entire league this uh Let's this, this offseason. We're back. The Cubs are back. The Braves are not. Hello? Yeah, is this the we're back department? I'd I'd like to file a claim. We need to file a claim. We're filing a claim. If you need to file a claim, <laughs> call the, the We're Back department. The, the Our Cubs are back today. The Cubs are back. Um, okay, I'm excited. Well, here I, I like I like the enthusi- enthusiasm, guys. I, I really do. I like so I, I like the excitement, and we're I can't so back on, I can't right? say the same thing about the Braves because they're just going to go and win a lot of ball games well, the regular season and get bounced by the Phillies in the playoffs. So. <laughs> Um, that's going to do it for here. Oh, sorry, guys. That's going to do it here for us today on the Hotches Huddle. As always, thanks to Andon and Nathan for joining me. I'm your host, Andre Champagne, and this has been the Hodges Huddle.